Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is KJ and Lions. KJ Carson and John Lyons right now on WEEI. You guys are 4-0 for the first time for this franchise since the 2009-2010 season. How do you keep that momentum going as you head out onto the road? Uh, you just continue to do what we're doing and have an understanding that it's not always going to go our way. And when it doesn't go our way, how quickly can we respond? So um, we're playing good basketball right now. We've got to hang on to it for as long as we can. We know the season presents a lot of challenges. We've got to be ready to handle them. Second hour of KJ and Lines on WEEI. Good Saturday to you. Thank you for being here. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. That's Joe Missoula taking it all in. And I think he should at this time, John, because it was a very contentious end of last season in terms of questioning Joe and even some of the hires I questioned by management. It's just like, boy, they were doing a lot of hiring for Joe's staff and it doesn't seem like Joe's doing the hiring. So... I think it's the, the the hot start had to happen or the noise would be very loud. Yeah, KJ, are we ready to call them the greatest team since James Naismith invented basketball? No, I mean, no, okay, right, we're not let's, let's, okay, let's right. not do that. Look, look, though, so the hot start I think was important, and I think it's been great. Like, I have thoroughly enjoyed watching the Celtics this year, and what really gives me hope is last year they got off to, what, they were 25-5 and five after 30 games, and then they right. really had this malaise that they never quite got out of the rest of the season, even into the postseason, right? We talked about it, like they shouldn't have gone to Game 7 against Philly. They were awful in the first three games against Miami. So they had this malaise. This team feels like that's not going to happen. And that's what I've seen, because, look, opening night, I think you can agree with this, opening night's a game they would have lost last year. You know, they yeah. have a lead most of the game. Then they make a couple mistakes, get down in the fourth quarter. They felt it was coming. <laughs> That's a game they would have lost last year. What do they do? They pull out a win. Porzingis hits a big three. And also, like the Indiana game the other night, they win by 50. So, hey, what do you take away from a 50-point win other than a party? Well, that's right. a game to me that last year they would have played down to their opponent and they either would have lost it or barely won by, like, six, and we would have walked away Right, saying, they wouldn't have covered the spread. Yeah, right. they, they should have blown that team out. And I would even argue the Washington game, too. Like, that's a scrappy, you know, younger team that has a couple good pieces on it. Like, that's a team that they would have probably lost to. Remember they lost back-to-back games to Orlando last year in December? <laughs> like, th- these – but I think that's the, the encouraging team, thing. right. Like, that's yeah. the encouraging thing. Like, they would have lost opening night last year. They would have played down to the Wizards and Pacers last year and probably 
lost one of those games and squeaked out a win against another and frustrated us. So to me, that's been the best part is now they're these things that we have said for years, right? They can't score in the last five minutes. They make stupid mistakes against teams they're better than. They're not doing those things this year, and that's been the best part of this 4-0 start. I remember last year saying that there were a lot of comps to last year's team early in the season to the 88 Celtics, right, which would be kind of like the last hurrah. And I think what happened you saw last year was this was a team they everybody expected them to get it, and it didn't happen. And I think this team you see out there said it doesn't matter what they say on paper. It doesn't matter what the odds makers have on Vegas. What matters is we have to be standing with the trophy in our hand at the end of the season. And this is something that's totally impressive to me. Last year when they were averaging 120 a game early on, they were shooting a lot of threes. Do you know they shoot 5% less three shots, three-point shots this year than they did last year? And they're scoring seven more points per game. Now, granted, when you win by 50, that happens. Than they were last year, and the defensive number has come down as well. They're fourth-best defensive team in the league in terms of scoring. Where last year, you used to see the games, as you mentioned, some of the games would get away. Games would get into the 110s, 115s. They'd be in these shootouts with teams that you're like, why are you in a shootout with them? You should be absolutely putting the foot on the neck of them. I think Sam Cassell has a lot of that to do. I think him in that room is like, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, I don't, whatever movie you want to use for motivation, he's that guy I think that's come in and has made a very loud noise about like, you you guys have not earned a thing yet until you win an NBA championship. Doesn't matter that you're the favorite. None of that. So this is, like you said, these are the things you're supposed to do. You're supposed to put 155 on Indiana, right? Because they're going to put a lot of players out there that are trying to get minutes. And you need to get out your players out there that want to get minutes. Like, hey, we want to get it to 120 by the time we get out of this third quarter so that you guys can go in and we can see who can run with the flow of the offense and compete defensively on the court while the other team still has some of their starters there. Yeah, and I think that's been great that they've been able to get the bench minutes because these at some point, right, they're yes. going to need a bench player to win them a playoff game, like make the big shot, make the big steal. So the more minutes these guys get, but also, look, I'm of the school that we can take Tatum and Porzingis, put them in bubble wrap until May. Like, that's fine with me. <laughs> the less minutes those guys have to play now, because that's another right. sneaky problem they had last year. They were in these shootouts against these bad teams. So Tatum and Brown were playing a bunch of minutes early in the year, middle of the year, and I think – by the end of the year, we start saw them start to run out of gas. I think we saw it in a couple of years ago against Golden State as well. It felt like after they lost game four, they were just out of gas in that series. So that's another huge piece to this because their rotation is not as deep. Like, that's the trade-off. So they have Porzingis, yeah. they have Drew Holiday, they have two all-NBA guys in Tatum and Brown, right? But they don't have nine, ten guys deep where they can do a lot of subbing and a lot of sitting. So the more minutes these guys can get in these blowouts, the better. KJ and Lions on WEEI, 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Still to come, would you rather more likely to either or? That's in about 30 minutes. We're talking about the bench, right? And and this is kind of, I, I was shocked when I saw this. Um, Horford, Pritchard, O'Shea, and Cornette are all ranked 200 or lower in minutes per game. Like to put it in perspective, Kelly Olenek, P.J. Tucker, Time Lord, Aaron Naismith all average more court time than any Celtics bench player. And every game isn't going to be a blowout, right? So you know that Horford is automatically the sixth, is the sixth guy off of the bench. I am concerned about Pritchard as the seventh man. At, at this point right now, I'm a bit concerned because you would figure here's an opportunity to get, get off the ground running, right? Because better for you to start off hot, 
teams adjust to you, you make adjustments to that. You can pick it up again. So that way it shows that you've been tested and ready. But if you if teams don't feel like they're testing you, you're testing them, then whenever your growth comes, it may come too late. And that is a concern that I have. And then you got to say, like, look, O'Shea has been giving you incredible energy out there, offensive rebounding, things that you were you were getting from Time Lord and not having to depend on, you know, any type of offense to go through. I, I still do con- – I'm concerned about the offensive piece coming off the bench, but I do like some of the energy I'm seeing from some of the guys, that, you know, kind of the not-ready-for-prime-time players. Yeah, and I think what was – really encouraging about Peyton Pritchard's game against Indiana is not just that he scored 15 points, but he played 26 minutes. He shot 60%. It, that was by far his best offensive game of the year. And I think you're right. That's they, that's one thing they're going to need off the bench. They're going to need size like Luke Cornett, I think is probably a sneaky, important piece coming off the bench, but they're going to need Pritchard to score because this isn't a team that has your traditional, you know, nine or 10 man rotation with a full second unit on the floor in the second quarter. Like right. they're rotating it where, Hey, we'll take Brown off the floor for six or seven minutes, then we'll take Tatum off the floor, then we'll take Porzingis off the floor. So these guys need to be able to fit in with guys who are in the starting starting unit and play well with them and put up points with them, which is why I think Pritchard's game the other night was really encouraging because he hopefully got back on track. But he's a guy, you're going to need him to come off the bench in a situation where maybe you sit down, Tatum and Derek White, and he comes in and with Horford, and you're going to need some offensive pop from a guy like Pritchard in a situation like that. Or... Pritchard becomes very valuable to another team and you feel like you can get a missing piece in a playoff run. I you could throw tomatoes at me all you want, but with James Harden showing up in with the with the Clippers, you know, I know I John, I know you've said it, you wouldn't take Russell Westbrook for anything. But if you need him to come in and make sure that the rebounding and the assist that you're really getting another true point guard, because I don't know if Peyton Pritchard's really a true point guard. I think he's somewhere stuck in the middle where the size is too small to really be able to drive the offense and the shot just hasn't been consistent enough to be that, you know, that knockdown two guy. I I think and, and I'm just looking ahead, especially seeing how Milwaukee may do and if the and if Philadelphia who seems to have things put together more like a team versus sticking superstars together and trying it trying to make it work. I do wonder if you do go get a couple of rented players that will help you clear cap as you get into next year. So maybe you look at Westbrook who you say, okay, maybe a Pritchard and a, uh, some type of deal at the trade deadline where they're trying to get off of salary there in Los, in, in California, in L.A. And you as the Celtics say, okay, we can clear all of Pritchard's money off the books by bringing in Westbrook for the remainder of this contract. And then you'll start to have opening money because I think that's the concern moving forward. You know, I don't want to move too far down. Let's celebrate that they're undefeated. They just scored 155. I get that. But I also like to look at the end of the road, like the boys and the men song, where, hey, you're going to have to start freeing up some money at some place. So this what why you this is why you say it's impressive that he got the 15 points. I would say, how did he not have 22 in a game where they scored 155? Right? And I so, think another thing that, that I if you want to keep a close eye on something over the course of this in-season tournament, it's mm-hmm. what bench players, because it's going to be, Look, I'm not really into the in-season tournament, but I Me think either. it will be a higher intensity maybe than your average regular season game. So right. if so, 
what bench guys can perform in that. And I think that might give us some early answers on, hey, maybe Luke Cornett's a guy that can give you some valuable bench minutes in a big game, or maybe he's not. Maybe Sam Hauser is. Maybe Pritchard is. Like, we know Horford can. We really don't know about the rest of the guys. Can they really give you valuable minutes? Like, look at Denver last year. Christian Brown and Bruce Brown were huge pieces of them winning that championship. I wish Bruce Brown was here. I really do. But those guys are huge pieces of that. Like, you're going to need bench guys at some point to win you a playoff game or two. It happens every championship team except for maybe the Warriors with Durant. Like, you're going to need bench guys to win you a playoff game or two if you're going to win a championship. Despite how most people feel about this NBA tournament in Vegas, next I'll tell you why the Celtics can't really lay back in this tournament. It's it's something I just thought of. I'll have to share that with you here next. KJ and Lions, WEEI, 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Let's trend with Justin Turpin. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEEI and WEEI.com. The final injury report has been released for the Patriots as they get set to host the Washington Commanders tomorrow at Gillette Stadium. Devontae Parker was ruled out with a concussion, and Calvin Anderson has been placed on injured reserve with an illness. Trent Brown, Tyquan Thornton, Christian Barmore, Farrow Brown, Jonathan Jones, Vidarian Lowe, Josh Uche, and Dietrich Wise are among the 10 Patriots listed as questionable. For Washington, their second leading receiver, Curtis Samuel, is out with a toe injury. Kickoff from Gillette is at 1 o'clock tomorrow. The NBA's only undefeated team, the Boston Celtics, kick off a three-game road trip tonight in Brooklyn against the Nets. The Celtics will be without Derek White, who's out due to personal reasons, as he and his family are about to welcome a second child to their family. This sends a streak of 118 straight games played for White. The last time he missed a game was Game 2 of the 2022 Eastern Conference Finals, a game he missed because of the birth of his first child. Wait, Justin, yes. I have a question. So does Derek White now have a cycle? Because we can identify how many games he played in a row at between child one and child two. Oh, that's I, I, didn't, I didn't consider that part. So in 118 games, he's going to have child three. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's probably what we're looking at. If he uh, misses it, someone needs to ask some questions. The Nets will be without Nick Claxton, Cam Johnson, and Ben Simmons. Tip-off from Brooklyn is set for 8 o'clock. The Bruins are also back in action tonight, taking on the Red Wings in Detroit at 7.30. And in Red Sox news, Justin Turner declined his 2024 player option and will now become a free agent. And pitcher Corey Kluber will also hit the open market after the team wisely declined his $11 million team option. I'm Justin Turpin. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KJ and Lions on WEEI. Uh, 
Joe brought us all in yesterday and watched film with just like that second and third unit. And um, I think that was important just to have him talk to us uh, and kind of, I guess, talk to us about our role and what we're supposed to do when we come in in a situation like that when you're up big and, you know, and, and what, what things we're looking to do on offense, what things we're looking to do on defense. So I think hearing that from him just brought a lot of clarity to all of us. KJ and Lions on WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Also, shout out to our producer, Justin Turpin, and Zach, who was training today. Welcome, Zach. Thank you. Um, look, that's Luke Cornett talking about the players-only meeting that he that Joe Mazzula had with the bench, right? And it's interesting because at first I was thinking, hey, this NBA attorney, John, is one of those situations where, you know, hey, 500 grand would look really good to some of these guys, 10th, 11th, 12th on the bench, right? Oh, yeah. But, but then I started thinking about how all these games count towards the regular season. And it might be why Missoula kind of has to have this conversation with the guys, right? Because I'm going to need you guys for some of these tournament games. But at the same time, I need you guys to be on top of it because there's such a thin slice cheese margin of error between, say, you lose a couple of these tournament games and you find yourself one game behind the Bucks at the end of the season for home court advantage. Yeah, I'd almost see. I feel like AJ last year's Celtics would have won the in season tourney and then yeah. lost to the Eastern Conference <laughs> Finals. So right. I actually I don't know if I would hate if they didn't win the in season tourney. But look, I think again this is a valuable piece of the season for the bench guys. Like I'm not a huge fan of the regular season tourney. I think most of the courts are really really ugly. But yeah. if it's got it's going to be a higher intensity than your typical December or November regular season game. So I think to have guys like Hauser and Pritchard and Cornette out there in higher intensity moments, it's a really good look at, hey, how might these guys do in the first round of the playoffs? Can we give them valuable minutes? Because you're going to need these guys to have valuable minutes either later in the regular season and for some of them in the playoffs. So if there's one benefit for Celtics fans of this in-season tournament, it's that you can get some higher pressure minutes to some guys that otherwise wouldn't have them until April. I'm sorry, I hate to be interior design, but that's it's the court's ugly. Oh, it's brutal. All of them. I don't know if I've found one, and I haven't looked at every single one in detail, but I, I can't think of one I like. Yeah, have you heard the one about the Bulls Also, logo? did you see the Celtics' uh, new City Edition jerseys, by the way? <sighs> My would, whole thing is... Yeah, I, I kept get, last year's. Well, that's the thing. It's all about like a new thing, right? Yeah. Like creating also, a new thing... Um, I don't know if you think about the, you know the tower right there on uh, on ninety three. Oh, I tweeted that out this week. That's yeah. one of the most iconic landmarks in Boston. They right, should do a for, city edition jersey based off that. Well, yeah, because then you know exactly how long it's going to take you take you to get through downtown. Yeah. Get, this <laughs> damn, is kind of like thirty minutes of This is an old man take by me, but just teams. There's too many jerseys right now. Well, like it's the one home jersey, one away jersey, and one or two alternates, and that's it. Like I, we're talking like the Red Sox this year like didn't wear their home whites the majority of their home games. Like right. it's nuts. Like if you add up when they wore, you know, red and navy and this uh city connect ones, they those three combined for more than their actual home whites. Like I don't know, I don't like that. I did like the one that had kind of like the Gaelic type Celtic writing. You know, it looked yeah. looked like the years of yore. That, that it had a very new old England to it. But it's something simple. It's still green. You put the Kelly gold and the Kelly green and the gold in there. That makes sense. But it's all about making money for the NBA. I know. I know. They're going to the keep N- doing it. And I the know. NBA tournament is nothing about just kind of licking the finger and testing the air to see how Vegas will be receptive to the NBA coming there. Because they're coming. And I think that's uh, – now the interesting part is 
what team is going to get moved to the East because I think if there's a second, so you know Vegas is getting a, a franchise. Who do you think would be the other city to get a franchise? Because you'd have, you add one, you have to you have to add two, you have to add two total. Yeah, or well, get rid of one. I think temporarily, what you could do is put Memphis in the Eastern Conference because I don't I even think, know what because they started out as Vancouver in the Western Conference, like they should right. be an Eastern Conference team anyway, and then maybe like add a team in San Diego, something like that, like another West Coast They've city. That. Add a team because you're going to be getting the SuperSonics back, right? So, yeah, I think that's going to be that's going to be Vegas so and you, Seattle. Vegas and Seattle, and then move Memphis to the Eastern Conference. And that's exactly you're, right. You're okay. Even though I was like, I wonder would they move New Orleans back to the Eastern Conference? And I looked at it's another map. option, right? But literally, Memphis is just a skosh further east than New Orleans is if you look at the longitude of things. And plus, you start to say, hey, a game in Tennessee playing down in Atlanta makes a little more sense than there being some type of rivalry between New Orleans and Atlanta where New Orleans, you'd point it towards Houston and Dallas and San Antonio. So you pu- it, it pushes west. But it'd be very interesting to see if Marcus Smart ends up back in the Eastern Conference next year of yeah. all places. But, yeah, I, you know, look, I, I can't be mad at the NBA. It's always trying to bring new fans. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not on the phone with, I don't know, either Taylor Swift or can we get Ice Spice just to make it kind of demographically, you know, shifting, you know, if we will, for yeah, the I NBA to show up. I think they need to get Taylor Swift you know? to date Jason Tatum, and then they'll bring in a lot of new fans. Ah, well, they might lose some fans. Ends. <laughs> like, Once football damn it, season ends. throw away those posters. And I, yeah. nah, she's gone too far. But uh, the tournament, I think, uh, here's what frustrates me. These are opportunities for home fans to get to some of the games. That's just my issue, right? If you know that... That there's gonna would have been a home game at, at TD of the Celtics and the and the Magic, okay. That 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 cost is gonna be a little lower. More people will be able to you know see yeah. that game, you know. But uh, I I I'm not a fan of the tournament at all. I didn't watch any of it last night. What's the point? You know, all they're gonna talk about I'm is just gonna else watch the, the Celtics like I normally would. You yeah, know what I mean? like I normally right. would. And again, the only real value It's like to me, a bad AAU tournament. Like, the, I'm just here to watch my kid. The only value <laughs> to me is that can some of these Celtics bench guys get minutes in a higher pressure situation than typical regular season? Like, that's really, as a Celtics fan, I, I would care more if those bench guys played well and you lost the regular season tournament than if yeah. you won it on the back of Tatum and Brown. Like, yeah, I think well, you, that's what you need in the playoffs. Yeah, you remember I was just saying in the last break how, like, hey, they're not going to blow people out by 50 every game. And the other thing that the, the the burgeoning narrative that was happening is like, wow, the starting five, they're really getting into the high 30 minutes per game. So you would hope that, and that's probably why you have the pl- the closed-door meeting with the bench players only. It's like, hey, I can't keep running these five guys out here 37, 38 minutes every night and then expect the game to, you know, to still be in the balance without you guys helping out. And then with Al, it's not like you're like, okay, we can then turn around and put him in for 38 minutes a game. So, you know, I'm so happy how the Celtics have started off, right? I like what I'm seeing from the defensive effort because you see it. It's there. I love how Tatum is going to the hole. I'm really shocked that they have reduced their three-point shots, but they've probably been hearing all of us scream, stop chucking up the threes because now it seems, and and, and I think Tatum has realized this, if you go to the hole early, you're going to get the calls later. What I think the mistake he was making in the past was trying to get to the goal late in the game they're not going to give you the calls. So now you're bona fide. Like, the guy's clearly a bona fide superstar. They've got the whistle waiting in hand to blow the foul once Tatum goes to the hole. So it's good stuff to see, but he's getting to the hole early, and that's so key. 
Yeah, and I think a huge thing this year, and, and we kind of had in our show prep, what surprised you most about the Celtics this year? Yeah. yeah. Jalen Brown's three-point percentage. I mean, he's shooting 44% right now. That would be a career high for him. And I think, like you mentioned, Tatum's going to the rack more and getting fouled. And I think the combination of that plus the Porzingis factor, Jalen Brown's getting, I think, a lot more open looks from three. And he's hitting them at a higher rate than he ever has in his career before. And look, I'm not saying he's going to be a 44% three-point shooter all year. But if he can be 40 or 41%, then I think that's a whole – like if you can rely on him – to be that with Tatum driving the lane more and Porzingis there as well like to me that's a huge dimension you can add to your offense if he can hit those consistently the defensive rebounding is up 12 percent from last year remember the conversation was like man you're really going to miss that Robert Williams presence that could snatch boards get you some blocks uh easy points I still miss him as well I love him but you know but uh if there is a bit of a concern the turnovers are up but I would equate that to once you start getting into these blowout games and you're putting these bench guys in, those numbers are going to go up. But the, the rebounds are up 15%. The two-point shots are up 15%. I mean, that that right there is fascinating because there's almost a, what, 10% difference from last year to this year in the two-point shot. Because remember last year it was like, guys, there, there are other places on the court closer to the basket that you can take shots from like nobody had a mid-game. So you're seeing these things, and I think also because of Porzingis, his presence, and knowing that, hey, there's going to be 15 to 18 to possibly sometimes even 25 or 28 coming from the guy that you're not counting on but is there. And so that's so key for this team this year is I always said, like, you need front court scoring so size when you get to the Embiid situations or you got to deal with Giannis that there's going to be something that's going to impede. I don't know if anybody's going to stop Giannis when when a guy picks up a ball and runs for five yards and then shoots it. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, I think another piece, too, Drew Holiday, right? Because yeah. that's now at point guard, you have a guy that last year scored 19 points a game. He can hit threes. Right. Like, that's something, and I'm not trying to smack Marcus Smart here, but you just didn't have that reliability of, hey, this guy can you know, shoot 38, 39, 40% from threes. But he's not conflicted. 19 points a game. Now... Yeah. You have that at Holiday, and I think, again, it just it all feeds together. Like you mentioned the Porzingis thing. Like, Porzingis makes guys around him better. Tatum and Brown are already all NBA guys. Then you throw in Drew Holiday. Derek White and Drew Holiday are elite defenders, but also they can hit shots. Like, that to me, it, it all kind of feeds together, and that's why I think we've seen at least, and I don't have numbers for this, KJ, but just my eyes, there's a lot more space on the floor when yes. the Celtics are on offense than last year or the year before or even back to – the years they had Kyrie and Hayward. There's just a lot more space open on the floor now. Yeah, when you have more space open on the floor, you're able to get more points, and they're up yeah. 7.5% year over year in terms of their point total. I think last year at this time it was like 120. Now it's like 127. I, yeah. That number is going to come down, obviously. But what you mentioned with Drew Holiday and Derek White, those guys are not conflicted about their roles. Yeah. Right? Marcus Smart, you have to remember, the, the guy, like if you said to me, Marcus Smart was take it was a lottery pick in the in the draft. You'd be like, which which lottery? Like supplemental lottery? No. So when you're a top you're a top ten guy, right, and you feel like you're the leader of the team, you feel like you have the ability to shoot. You saw a lot of confliction out there. You're like, hey, look, the greatest thing you do is defense. And sometimes when you're like, look, defense doesn't get you bigger contracts, and so forth. You may want to shoot. You may want to distribute more, as you saw in the last year and a half. Marcus Smart being conscious of, of distributing the ball. But that seems to be second nature for Drew Holiday and for Derek White. So, and and it's for them, it's like we want to facilitate the team, we want to defend, 
and then we'll score. Where with Marcus Smart was like, yeah, I can defend, but I can score too, and I can throw in some assists, and that's where the conflict, conflicting that you started seeing. And if you look at what's going on with Memphis now, I, I think either if they won last night, it'll be the first game they won. But Memphis had lost all their games going into last night. I didn't check to see if they played. So here, where Marcus Smart was supposed to kind of go, some, they lost last night, so they haven't won a game this year. So Marcus Smart went to Memphis where he was supposed to solidify things, and that hasn't happened. How great time things can happen over time. But, you know, I've said this about this when he went to Memphis. My concern would have been, would he get there and now feel like, okay, they brought me here for a reason, so I need to make my reasons be shown. You're like, no, don't shoot, you know. So, And here you've got a couple of guys where it's like, "Eh, I might score five points, but we'll win by 20. So yeah, and Jalen Brown talked about that. I think it was after um, the second or third game of the year, yeah. where he was like, "You know, sometimes when you have a lot after of after the Washington game, there's yep. some complacency, and we yeah. have a group of guys where that's not going to happen. We make sure right. we're on each other, and that's so like. Huh, and what's the narrative been for? I feel like five years now. Hey, wait till the Jays get to age 27. Things change, yeah. which historically in the NBA that's true, right? Guys got to get to 27, 28 years old for Jokic last year before they win. And it really feels like this group, I don't want to say they're more mature than last year, but it's just I think there's a more intense focus on what we need to, not just, hey, we want to win a championship, but what are the things we need to do to get to that point, which maybe we haven't seen as much the previous few years. So where I said last year's team, it felt like early on that it reminded me of the 88 Celtics. This team does more just because of the Drew Holiday, Derek White combination. If you're looking at... Uh, DJ and Danny Ainge at the time were great, and Ainge was a great outside shooter. But you had this grit that existed in your backcourt that when Sheaston came in, uh, Henderson would come in. These guys, it was almost like there was this toughness that existed in the backcourt where here for the last couple of years, it's kind of like, what are we doing in this backcourt? And and I that's going to be the key until you get to a Milwaukee. Well, now when you get to a Milwaukee, especially now that Damian Lillard's there. So... I like how the Celtics have set themselves up. I like the conversations that seem to be happening in the room. Hats off to Joe Mazzulla for taking the bench players in there, right? Because if you felt like that Joe Mazzulla couldn't necessarily connect with the superstars last year, oh, the bench players are definitely going to be listening to Joe and everything that he has to say. So if they know that Joe's strength is to get the best out of the guys that need to give ultimate 10, 12-minute roles per game, that he might be able to do that while you've got the other guys like Cassell and the other ones that are talking about championship pedigree and these things that they've seen in the past and the stories, and it's good to see former Celtics that have been hanging out at the facilities. I, I kind of miss that our building here now was over, still over at 20 Guest Street. Dude, I'd be my, my, my window, it was like right in the parking lot. I'd be able to see who was coming to park, and then just sit down like, oh, I'm just I'm next door, I'm next door neighbor, how you doing? So it's really good to see that that Celtics identity is slowly starting to seep into the team where it started to feel like it was peeling away and becoming just another team in the NBA. Yeah, and you mentioned the backcourt. Like, look at the Miami game. Derek White led the team with 28 points. Drew Holiday led the team with 10 rebounds. And Holiday <laughs> also had the most assists that night with seven. So, like, certain teams, you're going to need both of those guards to play really well. Miami's a good example to beat them. I think Milwaukee's another. You're going to need White and Holiday to both play really well if you're going to beat Milwaukee, which I think you can, but you're going to need them to play well. And these are two guys. We talked about Holiday scoring 19 points a game last year. Him and Derek White both had a 112 defensive rating last year. Like So we're talking about two high-end defensive guards. Derek White 
top, was the best top eight for sure. Yeah, yeah, Derek White was the best defensive player on the Celtics last year for most of the season, and he was the third best player on the team for most of the season. And now right. you put a guy next to him who's just as good a defender, probably a better scorer as well, and most importantly, I think, has actually won a championship before, which yeah. I think makes a big difference. So, yeah, that backcourt, I think, and the flexibility you have, right, because you can have – lineups with both of those guys you can sit white down and just have holiday you can sit holiday down and just have white you have so much flexibility with both of those guys there because you can trust both of them to handle the ball you can trust both of them to be able to score and you can trust both of them to be able to defend at a high level where in years past there was questions about hey can smart really score malcolm brogdon can't really defend well right now you can trust those guys to do all three of those things yeah, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. It's KJ and Lyons here on WEEI. Hope your Saturday is going well. Someone on the text line, by the way, KJ. Big on Blake know. Griffin coming back. <laughs> I, I, hey, that was fun. I, I, whenever Blake Griffin played last year, I was always fired up. And no. he's a guy, hey, just, just for reference, Blake Griffin last year, down the stretch of the year, 25 minutes in late March against Utah. He had 19 minutes against Toronto near the end of the year, so... He did give them some valuable. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm still wondering where people because I don't even look at this text line. I, I refuse. That's why I have Justin read him. But like, yeah, remember I like people when scream. Texters say nice things about me, so it doesn't really happen. I'm much. trying to but tell I you, because like, you, because you're, you're newer yeah. here. Like, no, they, they the, still don't say nice things. No, well, no. That, what I'm trying to tell you yeah. is, you're newer here. You just don't even look at them, right? Just don't <laughs> even look at them. That's why there's a third person that reads them because he gives a third voice to him as he reads them. But but again, and I wonder. Where are the people who want Dwight Howard, right? You know, like, well, bring Dwight Howard in. Like, oh, yeah, no, get bring Kevin Garnett out of retirement. Right, right. So these other yeah. people that you want to, to, to pull Brown in. Brown available again? You know what video games has done this to people, right? Like, they see who's a free agent available, yeah. and they're like, hey, they've got a strength of 89. Let's go get him. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's not how it works. I do think, though, that's something, when we look back on the in-season tournament, we're going to know, hey, do they need bench help at guard? It's Pritchard a liability, or do they need bench help up front? I think it's going to be up front, and I think, obviously, maybe not specifically Blake Griffin, but they're going to need a guy with size in the front court, I think, before they get to the trade deadline. Call me crazy, but if Danilo Gallinari flashes in Washington, why not take that flyer to bring him back? I wouldn't right. hate it. I mean, if, I mean, if he can, because right. he can score, he's got size, he can rebound. Like, right. Yeah, that's that's a guy that would be a nice fit if. He's, you know, can be fully healthy. We've seen him out there so far right. this year, but is he fully healthy two or three months in? Is he still playing well? Then, yeah. And one thing the Celtics have is a lot of mid to moderate tier assets to trade for a guy like that. Right. Bunch of second round picks, later first round picks, like that stuff. That if you're trying to get a guy like that, is actually a pretty, you know, even exchange of assets. Right. Because think about it. It be it could be a big cluster, if you will, if he was still here, and now you're trying to force minutes onto him just to see what you have because he didn't play at all last year. Better to go ahead and deal him off, right? It's it's really no money move. See what he can do. You might be in a bit of a bidding war for him, but he might want to – like you might be using really the Washington Wizards as kind of like your own personal G League team to see what he can do in the minutes he gets there because you know they're not going to compete. He's, gonna, he's in duplication there with Kyle Kuzma, so he's not really going to see super extended minutes, but he's going to see good minutes. And you might say, hey, this is the guy that if you put next to Horford coming off off of the bench and then mix and match along with the, oh, my gosh. Like, what what game could they not win even in simulation? So before we go to break here, I, I've got to get to this. James Harden traded to the Clippers back with Russell Westbrook. Now, between James Harden and Russell Westbrook, 
These two guys may have the most discounted jerseys in sports stores history. Wouldn't you not say? Like, these are the guys that you yeah, get jerseys. They also, by the way, did not get along well when they played together. Did you see, <laughs> you see the video? You see the yeah. video of when Harden came in yeah. and the look on Ter- Terrence Mann's face? And then here's how you know when you're not really thrilled when somebody is coming in the room is when your voice goes up in octaves. Like, oh, man, good to see you. Yeah. Oh, that's great to see you. It's if I were the Clippers, I would not have been filming that. Well, the, the, that's part of probably the defunct, dysfunction of how to blow all of it up, right? Like, in this industry here, sometimes you start to play really bad music on a station with the whole idea is that you're going to blow the thing up. You're like, why are they playing Omarion next to Britney Spears? There's a plan. They're going to destroy the whole thing or sell it. And that might be what's happening with the Clippers because when you when the first thing that comes out of your mouth and you're James Harden, you get to L.A., you're talking about what happened in Philadelphia, and you're saying, I am a system. When there's already a system in place with Paul George and and, and with Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, it's called like load management, right? So yeah, Kawhi Leonard, it, by the uh, way, has actually won two championships, yeah. right? And Ty I, Lue, a head coach that's won a championship, like right, I'm, right. Dude, I'm so far out on James Harden, like yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm all set. If that guy was in the studio right now, I'm so far out on him, I'd be three streets over. Like I'm I can't try, stand. I'm trying guy. to think other sports he would be comparable to. Like if you would, like James Harden is the blank of what sport? I don't even know because he's a, such a, like. Th- he was in Houston, a good right. situation. They're competing in the playoffs. He eats his way and winds his way out of there. Then he yeah. goes to Brooklyn with Kevin freaking Durant and Kyrie Irving, and he it's so toxic there. He, he wants he out of there. Way. That, that was the hamstring from and, hell, and then right? Then he goes to Philly and plays with the literal MVP in Joel yeah. Embiid. And by the way, where was Harden in game six and seven against Boston? Do you, do you remember, the, you remember I, the playoff game? And at, now he at, wants at, out of there. Do you remember in the game where suddenly when Embiid started going off, it might have been like game four – and Bede started Harden going up. Big, big shot in game. He four. hit a big in shot, fan, but he, he did. but he had disappeared for a while. Where it was yeah. like he was hesitant to like to shoot the ball. It's like what is mentally going on right now? I don't. Who would he be? He might, he might be the most selfish guy in this century in the NBA. Like, you know, the, it really would have been a Carmelo Anthony argument at one time. You know, because someone but at told least me that Carmelo, like he requested to leave places, but I don't remember <laughs> him like. Having tantrums and being demanding eating chicken wings at a strip club. Yeah, like, and maybe I'm forgetting it, but it it felt like. And Carmelo played on a bunch of teams later in his career, but most of his career, like he was on Denver and then he went to the Knicks. Like he was on there for several years trying to win and just didn't. But I don't know, like Harden to me again. You're you're at Houston. You're good. And you wind your way out of there. You go to Brooklyn with Kevin Durant and Kyrie, wind your way out of there. You go play with the MVP, wind your way out of there. Now you're in L.A. with Kawhi. You really think Kawhi Leonard is going to put up with Harden trying to be selfish no, at times? No. Like, get out of here. Dude, Ka- Kawhi Leonard won a championship almost by himself in Toronto. You think he's really going to put up with that stuff? You, like, I don't. You know what would be scary is if there's still another deal with the Clippers that sends Kawhi Leonard to the to the 76ers. Because right now there's a discussion right now that the 76ers might be making a, a, a run at Jalen Brunson. So if you have Brunson, Kai, uh, Kawhi, and 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 Embiid, that that yeah. If I'm the Knicks, I say Maxine, why don't you send me Embiid? Forget about me sending you Jalen Brunson. You send me Embiid. Yeah, we'll see how that yeah. works. All right, still to come. Would you rather more likely to either or? Plus the Patriots getting ready for their game tomorrow with the Commanders. Red Sox have a new boss in charge, and he spoke. Hang out. KJ and Lions continues next here on WEEI. Is KJ and Lions on WEEI.
KJ Lines, W-E-E-I. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Missed any of the show? Odyssey app is free. Just type in W-E-E-I-937. You can listen on your Alexa device. I mean, that's what I like about the Alexa thing. You know, like besides listening to everything in my house. <laughs> Did you want to buy a spoon for your wife by any chance? Because you're fighting over ice cream. <laughs> but John, you know, you just tell it, play W-E-E-I-937 Boston. And you can listen around your house and even do, you know what would be funny? Go to other people's houses and do it on their device. Yeah, I'm not the biggest uh, technology guy, but the Odyssey right. app, I, you, really easy to navigate. I was listening to uh, Gresham Fourier the other day on it. So, yeah, if you miss anything, check us out on the Odyssey app, uh, podcast, and get WEI.com too. So, check yeah, us I, out. Yeah, just coming in with Public Enemy and Flavor Flav. Speaking of Flavor Flav, Justin and Zach hit it. First old <laughs> Streaming. Not to disrespect the anthem. The <laughs> That's Flavor Flav at the Milwaukee Bucks game singing the national anthem. Yeah, see, this is why his show was called Flavor of Love and not Flavor of Singing Lessons because, you know, that's just not not good. I was involved with one of those girls in Flavor of Love before I got Really? There. Yeah, well, wow. we'll discuss that off the air. Flavor uh, of KJ. There we go. No, but on a scale of 1 to 10, considering you've got an audience, well, he shouldn't be intimidated by an audience. I mean, this guy, he, he did something crazy at my college radio station over the air that, like, I've always had, like, a, a, a watermark with Flavor Flav. I give him, like, a 7 out of 10. Singing the anthem, considering it's Flavor Flav singing the anthem. If this was like a kid from like, well, not a kid. If this was like an adult that said, I'm a really good singer and I've taken lessons for it, never call them back. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd call him back either to sing it. I well, wish you were my teacher in school, KJ. That's a very forgiving grade. What, a, se- a 70 is a forgiving grade? I would say so <laughs> for that effort. Well, but here's the thing, though. It's nothing great, but at the same thing, it's not the worst you've ever heard. Have you guys ever heard... Carl, uh, what is it? What's the guy's name that read that read the uh, Carl Lewis sing the national anthem? Have you ever, have you two, have you guys ever seen that? No, the worst oh one God. I've seen is you Fergie. have to. No, the worst is Carl Lewis singing the national anthem. You've got to Google that, and you will say that is the worst I've ever heard. It's worse than Roseanne because Roseanne uh, it was part of a, it was part Aguilera, of a like mess up some of the words at the Super Bowl. Carl Carl Lewis is the benchmark. Google if you've never seen this. Carl Lewis sings the national anthem. That is the worst. Dudes were laughing and laughing. Now, some guys were laughing at the Milwaukee Bucks game, but dudes were laughing like stepping out of the line to pay reverence to the country because it was that bad. All right. Still to come, we're going to talk about this Patriots game tomorrow with Washington. Look, is is this a must-win game for the entire season? I know we've said this over and over again. But a team two and seven potentially, could they even salvage the season? That's still to come. But right now, it's time for. Yeah. yeah the rule, I'm sure, John, is don't take us seriously, right? With you, 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 rather more like the two. Uh huh. Either or, I ask of you. With you, 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 rather more like the two. Either or, I ask of you. All right. Three questions would you rather more likely to happen than either or? They can be in anything, sports, life. Here we go. 
start with a would you rather here. Would you rather see Malik Cunningham further developed as a receiver or get more development in the QB room? John? Uh, I would say in the QB room. And not that I really expect him to be a maybe long-term answer at QB for the Patriots, but I'd rather see more development there. Yeah, I'm with you there because you need at the quarterback position you have to start thinking about what are your options even when you even potential injury right you know sure. Will Greer Bailey Zappi looks to be completely out of the mix so I mean granted there are virtually no receivers in the room at this point still if you feel like you could develop them as a quarterback and you like what you see move on with the quarterback as the potential developmental route. Next one. What is more likely to happen? The Washington Commanders score 21 points or the Patriots score 24 points? Ooh, that feels backwards, doesn't it, John? Yeah, I think it's the Patriots scoring 24 points because Washington's allowed 22 plays this year of 25 or more yards, which is the Mm. most in the NFL. So even this Patriots offense that can't hit big plays, I bet you they get one or two against Washington, and that gets you to 24 somehow. I say the Washington Commanders are more likely to score 21 points. Only two games uh Dallas and uh the Bills did they score under 20 points so I can see them scoring 21 again because that seems to be one of their regular numbers Eric Bieniemy is going to put a game plan together he's he's gone up against Belichick before in key moments so I would say the commanders have more likely a chance to score 21 points than the Patriots score 24. Justin would you like to have Zach the trainee do the final question would you rather more likely to either or sure thing he got it All right, Zach, go ahead. All right, either or. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Play it either before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving. Oh, damn, fire this guy. (laughs) John? Hard, hard on the after Thanksgiving. I'm I'm not a huge Christmas music. Like, I like Christmas, but I'm not one of those people that, like, listens to a bunch of Christmas music. Oh, jeez, no! Thanksgiving's a better holiday anyway. Yes, because you eat, and plus there's no, like, letdown of, like, gifts. But my goodness. Look, I know our sister station, Magic 106.7, is giving you a chance to win tickets to see Mariah December 11th. That's in December! Man, after Thanksgiving, do you play that stuff? I'm getting just... I feel ill in my throat right now. The final hour of KJ and Lions. Make it stop! I'm not talking about the show. It's next. Here on WEEI. No! No! We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.